0: Have you kind of noticed things have been getting a little bit more expensive lately? Just a tad bit, right? Well, today's episode of Jimmy's Table.com podcast, I want to talk about everything getting more expensive and dealing with inflation. This is episode 112. If you want to check out the show notes, you can do so at Jimmy's Table.com. But before we get into today's conversation about everything getting more expensive and dealing with inflation, I want to play this scene, this great musical scene from the from the movie Mary Poppins, you know the song, Let's Go Fly a Kite. I thought it'd provide some humorous backdrop for today's conversation about inflation. So without further ado, let's go fly a kite. With tuppence for paper and strings, you can have your own set of wings. With your feet on the ground, you're a bird in flight. With your fist holding tight To the string of your kite Oh, let's go fly a kite Up to the highest height Let's go fly a kite And send it soaring Up through the atmosphere Up where the air is clear Oh, let's go fly a kite. I think I forewarned some of you. I'm kind of an acquired taste. <laughs> I know that's kind of random, uh, you know, but maybe not so much because, you know, I know Mary Poppins and Let's Go Fly a Kite isn't about inflation, but it kind of has shades of talking about inflation, right? We, we we live in a world right now in which things are getting just more and more expensive. And it feels just like we're just kind of going in a little bit insane. Just like, oh boy, we're just going to let our problems go and, you know, let's go fly a kite because that's, that's, yeah, that's about all we can do at the end of the day, right? We might as well just make the best of a bad situation. So, you know, things are hard. Let's just fly a kite. And Flying a kite is kind of feeling like how maybe prices are with things in this world. Things are, like I said, getting more expensive. I'm sure you've probably noticed it late. And you've probably noticed sticker shock when you go to buy some stuff. Um, You don't have to be an economist to figure out the world is getting more expensive. And some of that's by design, you know, regularly. Uh, The powers that be try to keep inflation at about a 1% to 2% tick a year in which they devalue the dollar through complicated financial instruments and pulling strings and printing money uh, because economists generally agree that uh, inflation, 1% to 2% a year, tends to be a good thing. But it's reported that in America that the rate of inflation this past year increased by 5%. That's uh, pretty high. And you've probably noticed this uh, for some of the common things that American consumers have been buying. You've definitely felt the pinch. Um, I decided in part of today's podcast to go ahead and cherry pick some, some of the things that are getting a little more expensive, in case you haven't noticed. You've probably heard a fun thing or two about lumber prices going up. It's reported that in the past two years that lumber prices have gone up. A whopping two hundred and fifty-five percent. So yeah, <laughs> that affects a lot of things, doesn't it? It affects home repairs, home remodeling. Uh, if you decided to build a deck in the last year or two, you've probably noticed. Uh, hey, that sounds like that costs a lot more than what I've heard. Some the cost of uh, building a deck or enclosing a porch might cost me. Or if you wanted to build a home. Heck, at work, I know I've personally seen it, um, because the cost of lumber has been going up so high, new construction costs are through the roof, and sometimes I see at work uh, with mortgage-related stuff, because I'm in the mortgage business, that in the middle of building a home, builders will renegotiate a higher price for the new home, simply because the cost of lumber has gone up dramatically since they originally forecasted what it would cost to build the home before they built it. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, gasoline prices are reported to be up 49% from the prior year. It's costing a lot more to go somewhere, uh, these days. And now that COVID is kind of starting to, uh, allow us, uh, to start coming out again since so much of the world is starting to get vaccinated and people are going out and about, um, gas prices have gone up and you thought, Hey, you know, not only are you getting, uh, stuck with the, the cost of gas going up 49% in the past year. But if you've decided, hey, I've, I've got some extra cash on hand, uh, the government has sent me some stimulus money, um, I'm in the need of a new car. If I'm going to be going out and about, I might as well get a new car, or at least a, a gently used car. Well, guess what? Price of cars have gone up. Over the past year, used car prices have increased 21% percent. So all of a sudden, like, you know, you're sitting there deciding I'm going to try to be financially frugal and, and uh, not just buy a new car because buying a new car is usually not a wise decision um, because of what happens once you drive the car off the lot. <laughs> uh, the, the value of the car usually drops 20 percent the moment you buy it up, you drive it off the lot. Well, you know, even with that, you say I'm going to buy a used car. Well, Used cars are more expensive than they've been in a long time. There are a lot of complicated reasons for that. Um, But at the end of the day, you don't really care necessarily about the reasons. Just the fact is, if you're wanting to buy a new used car, it's going to cost you a little bit more than you thought. You thought you might be able to get away with buying a a used Honda Accord for under $30,000. And and you still might be able to find those, but you're going to find that if it's More than it's if it's only a year or two old, you're still going to be kind of in the old, new used car range of prices, and that may not feel so good. So, you may decide to delay a purchase. Housing prices are also up. It's reported that housing prices in the past year have skyrocketed 17%. That's a record, by the way. Housing prices have never increased. More in one year than they have in the past year, nationwide. And frankly, you know what I do with for a living, being an underwriter uh, at a mortgage company, uh, especially as somebody who specializes in appraisal underwriting, um, I've definitely seen some very aggressive increases in housing prices year over year. Heck, even month to month. Housing prices are going up. It's, it's not unusual for me to get an appraisal and for them to use a comp from three months ago and to see the appraiser adjust the value of the house by 10000 $20,000. It's crazy. And if you haven't been buying a new house, well, you still may be experiencing pain somewhere else. Food prices are up 3.5% in the last year. So you might sit there and ask, why the heck are things getting more expensive? And there's a lot of different factors for this, and we, I don't hope to cover them all, but just to provide a general summary of why things have gotten so expensive in the last year. Um, there's a lot of different factors, some of it having to do with the government spending like a drunken sailor. And I say that, well, the government always spends like a drunken sailor, but they're spending like a drunken sailor more than normal. We're running trillion dollar, multi-trillion dollar budget deficits. And the government has been sending people checks in the mail. When the government starts sending people checks in the mail, that means there's more money out there. And when there's more money out there, that means dollars are inflated as a result. So while the government's been more than happy to make the proverbial money machine go brrrr and just keep printing out more money and spending more money... Um. While you may or may not like that, the fact of the matter is it's inflating our dollars. Then there's also the issue of pent-up supply and demand-related issues from COVID. Um, that's definitely having an impact on pricing. Um, and of course, there is also the fact that historically low interest rates have been the norm when it comes to borrowing money. It's never been easier to, buy, to borrow more money at a cheaper rate than it has right now. Just to kind of put it in perspective, about the time I was born back in the early 1980s, my father, I think he told me that he borrowed money to buy a house and take out a mortgage at about like 18 or 20% interest. And I talked to somebody else online recently who had the same experience, and he said they felt like they were making off like a thief when interest rates finally Fell below ten percent, and they were able to refinance. Uh, it's crazy because right now with Freddie Mac, thirty-year uh, mortgage interest rates being still under three percent, um, you know it's like man, you can take out a loan for a lot of money and buy a lot of house for a very cheap rate, and uh, with with inflation being in five percent and interest rate being three uh, percent, you know if you do the math on that, technically they're kind of losing some money uh, at charging you only 3% interest in a time in which inflation is 5%. Of course, that'll all eventually iron out and economists, from what I understand, are largely predicting that um, the inflation that we've experienced over the past year or two is simply a temporary surge that will flatten out and return to normal maybe in the next year or two. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day... Who really knows what the future holds in regard to inflation? The government certainly not curbing its appetite for printing money and running large budget deficits and interest rates will remain low for the foreseeable future. So who knows what sort of glut of interest or uh, inflation that may cause in the near future. And that is likely, in my opinion, my personal opinion, and I'm, I'm nobody, I'm just a guy, but it seems like this isn't going to be a problem that completely solves itself anytime soon. Um, so that, but the, all this has gotten me thinking, though, with all this inflation going on, as as you know, a guy in his late thirties who's never had to seriously deal with inflation. Um, you know, how can you and I personally adapt our personal financial lives in order to better deal with the inflation that we're experiencing right now and likely to experience? Uh, in the near future. And I put this question out there on Facebook and Twitter and talked to several people about this issue, especially some people who lived in the late 70s and early 80s and had to deal uh, with high inflation rates and borrowing and interest rates of excess of 20%. You know, I've talked to some people about this and I have decided to put together uh, seven ideas about how we can better deal with inflation um in the next couple years and, and handling our personal finances so point number one avoid consumer debt if the price is everything is going to go up then the last thing you need to do is frivolously spend money on things by taking out debt in order to buy those things if the cost of lumber is going to go up over 255 percent at home depot Well, the last thing you need to do is tack on another 20% in annual interest payments to Home Depot's credit card department, (laughs) right? And not to get too Dave Ramsey sounding here, but there are some times in which debt is just dumb. And if you can avoid taking out a credit card debt in order to pay for things, I know it's not going to be possible to do it every time like Dave Ramsey suggests, um, but you should probably do it. Cash is king, right? So whatever you can afford to buy in cash, you should probably do so. And I know that can be tricky. That can be tricky. And we don't live in an ideal world. And sometimes you may find it's absolutely necessary to swipe the credit card in order to just get by. But let me just, you know, encourage you. Whenever possible, if you can go without, Go without and avoid using a credit card in order to pay for it. Because you're just adding insult to injury and you're only hurting yourselves in order to whatever short-term gain you might think you're getting by borrowing, um, you're really just digging a hole at the end of the day. Um, So don't cut off your arm (laughs) in order to somehow buy something. You know, because when you're borrowing money and using debt in order to do so, you're just stealing from your future self. So avoid stealing from your future self by paying for as much as you can, everything in cash. Point number two, if you haven't already done so, look about refinancing your mortgage. And I say this as a mortgage guy, interest rates are still at historic lows, And if you haven't already been able to capitalize off those historic lows, it's still not too late. But you know, let me encourage you before, so I don't get into sore legal trouble here. (laughs) Disclaimer. Uh, Let me put this out there. I'm a mortgage underwriter for a living. My opinions here are just my personal opinions and not that of my employer. This information is for educational purposes only. So be sure to talk to a certified financial advisor before making any decisions regarding your personal finances. And, uh, you know, I'd encourage you talk to a loan officer, see if refinancing is right for you. It may or may not be for your particular situation, but if you're still paying four and 5% interest rate on a mortgage that you got, you know, five years ago, you may be looking at a time where it may be highly advantageous for you to apply for a refinance to lower your monthly interest payments, um, and to really just take a chunk. Uh, out of your debt at the end of the day. Uh, the less money you can send to a bank, the better off you'll be. Um, so if, if you qualify, if you've got uh, you know yourself financially in a better spot than you were maybe a couple of years ago, talk to your lo- local loan officer, see if applying for refinance might be best for you. And if anything, it may help at least shave off a couple bucks off your monthly payment. Uh, So that you not only save in the long term with the amount of interest that you'll pay uh, But you'll be able to save a couple extra bucks a month in your mortgage payment Tip number three Invest your savings So think about this. We try to save all the money we can right Right at the end of the day. We try to save all our money we try to put it in a shoebox or you know bury it out in the backyard, or maybe even we decide to get aggressive and put it in a savings account so it can earn that 0.01% interest at the bank, right? <laughs> but you know, in an inflationary environment, if you're seeing you know 5% interest like we are right now and the rise of inflation, um, that means if you're saving money. By putting it in a shoebox. and put it in a backyard. By putting it in a savings account. You're actually losing money. And you might as well take that money because of inflation and what inflation is doing to your dollars. And you might as well just set it on fire. Because that's exactly what's happening to your money when it's sitting in a savings account. Or sitting in a piggy bank. Or sitting out in your backyard. Because... Money is ultimately being devalued at 5% by the powers that be, by the forces that work in our economy. Um, And while it may not seem like losing 5% of the value of your money is maybe necessarily a big deal, in the grand scheme of things, it really adds up over time. Imagine if we saw the value of our dollar suffer inflation 5% at five years in a row, Well, if you had five, if you, I'm sorry, if you had $10,000 and suffered a 5% loss every year for five years in a row, that means after five years, your $10,000 will be $7,737.81 in five years. That's a 22% loss of the purchasing power of your dollars, of your money. And there's only one way to combat that. You can only do that by making investments that earn more than a five percent return in a year, and of course, you're never guaranteed to make a five percent return on your investment. There is real risk in investing your money. You could lose literally everything that you have, um, whenever you invest your money. Uh, but historically speaking, the stock market has averaged a ten to eleven percent return on investments since 1926 or an 8% return since 1957. So if you wish for your savings to retain its value and then grow and not lose money, the only way you can ultimately do that is if you earn more than the rate of inflation. And the only way you can do that successfully and do so with you know minimal risk um, is to diversify your investments, usually by doing something like sticking your money in a S&P index fund or something of that nature, um, and hope to gain a eight to eleven percent return on your investment. Um, of course, you need to invest wisely and be invested for the long haul. Uh, you know, just because inflation's happening doesn't necessarily mean the stock market's going to continue to go up. Indeed. When inflation rates were high in the late 70s and early 80s, the stock market went down and you kind of actually compounded the, the problem with inflation. Uh, not only did your dollar lose value simply because of inflation, it also lost money in the stock market. So invest wisely and talk to your financial advisor about how you can better invest yourself. So that you can do well during upturns and downturns and to to mitigate your risk. Um, I would encourage you to avoid investing in things like gold or Bitcoin. (laughs) Bitcoin or Dogecoin and all the other little hot stock tips and things like AMC and and whatnot. The things that all, all these people are chasing all over the place. Yeah, you may make some money. And there are some people, I know some people who have. I know some people have made some money chasing the latest fads in investing like Bitcoin or Dogecoin and stocks like AMC and whatnot. But regardless, you know, whatever your risk tolerance levels are, whatever your financial situation is, it's ultimately a personal thing. Um, But at the end of the day, don't just stuff your money under the mattress. Don't just put it in the shoebox. Don't bury it out in the yard. And God forbid, don't put your money in a savings account. Try to as much as you can with whatever risk tolerance that you have. Invest in your savings because the only way to combat inflation is to grow your money at a greater rate than inflation is currently experiencing. And while we don't know what the rate of inflation is going to be in any given year, um, generally speaking, like I said, it averages 1% to 2% a year. This past year, it's been 5%. Uh, So your goal is to ultimately invest it and earn more than what inflation uh, eats away. So make that your goal. Invest in your savings. Tip number four, invest in yourself. The cost of everything is going to go up. And one of the only ways to consistently get ahead of the cost of everything going up is to get yourself a little raise. So, for example, if your employer, if you haven't ever thought about this, for example, if your employer doesn't give you an annual raise, even in low inflationary environments of only 1% to 2%, that means if your employer doesn't give you a raise and inflation goes up 1% to 2% or 5%, that means you're making 1% to 2% less per year, if you think about it. Hopefully, your your employer gives you kind of a cost of living adjustment every year and and you see regular salary increases of 1% to 2% to try to keep up with inflation. But if not, in order to ultimately get ahead, you're going to have to invest in yourself so that every couple of years, you obtain a better paying job. And what exactly investing in yourself looks like is going to be different for every person. This may mean going back to school, taking some extra classes, you know, starting a side hustle or some sort of other thing. But whatever it is, at minimum, it means that you need to leverage your current jobs and skill sets and things of that nature and take on new roles and responsibilities at work, learn new skills and do whatever you can to invest in yourself. So that means that within a couple years, every few years, that you can ultimately somehow grow your salary uh, by taking on a better job. And as I've talked about in a a previous podcast, and there's links to it at the show notes for jimmystable.com for episode 112, um, you know, I recently changed jobs and received a pretty good salary increase as a result. Um, And so I kind of got ahead of this inflationary environment by getting a raise. And my raise was more than 5%. Um, And, you know, this is something that I try to do every couple years, actually. Uh, If you were to look at my resume, you'd find out that every two or three years I'm finding a new position at my job. Uh, And I've successfully done that for pretty much my entire professional working life. Um, And it's worked out very well for me. And that's allowed me to stay ahead of the inflation game. Yeah, I might be stuck in a job for a year or two, maybe three years and and get the little discretionary 1%, 2% annual raise uh, and that sort of thing, just a you know, minor cost of living adjustment sort of thing. And that's been cool. But generally speaking, every two to three years, I've always been able to land a better job. And I've done that by investing in myself, by making the most of whatever opportunity I have. Uh, by excelling at whatever job, by taking on new roles and responsibilities and learning new skills, and always keeping my ear to the ground to find out whatever opportunities may yet lie ahead in the future, to put my finger up in the air and find out which direction the wind is blowing. Um, And as I've talked about in my prior podcast, every time I get a new job, I instantly start searching for my next. (laughs) So even though I just took a new job back in April, uh, the first thing I learned to do when I was at my new company, one of the first things I learned to do was what was our internal job board so that I could constantly keep an eye out for new opportunities and what those new opportunities may ultimately look like. So that hopefully within the next couple of years at my current employer that I will be able to work myself into an advanced opportunity um, that allows me to make a little bit of extra money. Uh, I've done this my entire life. And if you haven't been doing it, I'd encourage you to start doing that now. Uh, So be sure, again, to check out that podcast uh, where I talked about um, changing jobs. Uh, You can, again, see it at the show notes. Um, But at the end of the day, whatever your case Invest in yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Think about how you can better yourself wherever you're at. Tip number five buy experiences, not things. Every dollar you spend, you ultimately spend in exchange for something else. So if you buy a material good, those material goods start typically becoming what's called the depreciating asset that loses value over time. So not only did you spend money on something and lost money in the exchange of that. But the thing you bought starts depreciating in its value and eventually becomes kind of worthless, right? Eventually, all your treasures that you buy become junk and you're eventually going to take the things you buy and put it in a closet or put it for sale in a yard sale. You might spend $100 on something only to sell it for a dollar or two at a yard sale five years later. So instead of incessantly buying things that end up being things that you just throw away in a landfill one day, buy things that nobody can ultimately take from you. Buy experiences, go places, try new things out, hang out with friends and family, give back to your community, and ultimately put your money to use on things that don't have a price tag, things that Inflation cannot easily eat up or otherwise destroy and things that you will all ultimately, hopefully one day remember and to remember for a long time. So don't just spend your money frivolously on stuff. I know it may feel good to go buy some stuff and it may make you feel richer for having things all over the place. But at the end of the day, aren't we all worth more than the things we buy? <laughs> so focus on buying experiences and not things. Like this this past uh, Memorial Day weekend, my wife and I, we went to Myrtle Beach and we decided we wanted to buy a once-in-a-lifetime experience or at least we deemed it a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I don't know, maybe we'll do it again one day. But we decided, uh, hey, let's, let's go... Uh, there's this adventure where you could buy a helicopter ride around Myrtle Beach and it took us from Myrtle Beach to the tip of North Carolina. and back overall it was about a 30 or 40 minute trip. And we got to do it in the evening. so we got to, you know, experience a nice evening floating 900 feet above the ground above or not above the ground, rather above the ocean. <laughs> uh, and we got to see the beautiful landscape that was Myrtle Beach and to see, everything and everybody from a vantage point that I'd never got to experience so far in life. Um, We got some cool pictures out of the deal. Um, Yeah, and it cost a a couple hundred dollars to do that. It definitely wasn't cheap, Um, but it was an experience that I had a great time doing, and it's something I'm probably going to be able to remember for the rest of my days. It's something that inflation is not going to destroy and I'll be able to sit there and remember the time that I was able to hop in a helicopter with my wife and uh, to see the the ocean from a perspective that few people ever get the opportunity to see the ocean and to see the, the beach from. I got to fly by a Ferris wheel and some million dollar homes and I got to look down on the ocean and see a bunch of school of fish and, and all sorts of stuff and and that was a really cool experience, and I'd never been in a helicopter before. I'd, I'd been many times in an airplane, and uh, I used to travel for work at one point in my life, and so I've spent many a time 30,000 feet above the, above the ground, um, but there's not too many times that I got to float 900 feet above the ocean looking down at everything below. Um, it was pretty cool. It was definitely a very neat experience. Um, one I won't be doing anytime soon. Uh, And it's something I probably won't ever do again. But it was a great little experience. It brought a lot of enjoyment to me and my wife. And yeah, it was, you know, a couple hundred bucks that was done in, uh, you know, 30 minutes or less. So, you know, you might question that uh, expense a little bit. But, you know, it's something that is going to be in my heart and my mind for a long time. And it made for an incredibly enjoyable weekend while my wife and I were at the beach. Um... And it's something that, unless I lose my mind one day, won't easily be forgotten. Tip number six. I say tip number six comes after I talk about spending a couple hundred dollars on a helicopter flight. So I appreciate the irony of it. (laughs) But tip number six, live frugal, (laughs) tip number six, live frugally and modestly. Don't just live within your means, but live below your means and create as much financial margin as you can. As I've talked about previously, consider making a budget, if you must, or of course, that can be very hard if you're living paycheck to paycheck and are on fixed income, but do you really need the 13 internet subscriptions to a streaming TV service? Pick one or two that make you happy at the end of the day and stick to those. Don't chase after the latest and greatest greatest gadget or gizmo, don't buy the highest uh, priced things that you can buy. Don't buy the hottest items in fashion or brand name and clothes. Cook at home instead of always eating out. Uh, and don't get me wrong; you can certainly have and own nice things. You can certainly go have nice experiences. Just make sure that whatever nice things you buy, or if you go fly a helicopter for an evening, you know, just make sure the nice things you you buy. Just make sure the things you own don't own you. Try to live consistently a modestly and frugal life. And when you can, you know, splurge. It's okay to splurge every now and then. It's, in, it's, a, it's a good thing to be able to enjoy the fruit of your labors. You work hard, so enjoy nice things. But only enjoy those nice things out of the context of living frugally and modestly and below your means. Don't live paycheck to paycheck. If you can avoid it, you know, don't just spend the money because you have it to spend. Save and invest for the future. Um, Give where you can afford to give uh, and don't just buy a bunch of crap that's going to end up in somebody's yard sale one day or something that's going to break down and you're eventually going to have to replace anyway (laughs) with something that costs a lot more. And finally, tip number seven, be mindful of your health. And this is something I've been growing in my conviction for uh, over the last couple of years. And it's something I've become increasingly mindful of. Something I'm actively working on. It's not something I've been perfect on, if you notice. If you haven't seen me lately, I'm still fat. <laughs> but I've been trying to do what I can to lose weight. I've recently uh, downloaded a calorie counting track thing on my smartphone. Um, And I've been going on walks for about, you know, two miles, about four or five days a week. Been trying to do some yoga stretch stuff, exercise stuff with my wife. Um, But at the end of the day, be mindful of your health because your health is simply something you can't afford to lose. Um, Your health is the greatest financial thing that will impact your life uh, at the end of the day. Um, and it's a thing that people often don't consider when it comes to the world of personal finance, but your health is very, very important when it comes to that world. Healthcare at the end of the day, isn't free. And no matter what your politics is on that particular issue, I know some of you are, you know, Bernie Sanders supporters and believe in universal healthcare and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, somebody's paying for it, whether it's going to be you or your fellow taxpayers at the end of the day. Healthcare isn't free, and it's going to cost somebody. Um, and you know, even if somebody else is ultimately footing the bill, even if your insurance company is going to pay for it, even if the government's going to pay for it, if taxpayers are going to pay for it, um, you know, even if if somebody else is going to be footing your healthcare, at the end of the day, if you're sick and out of work because you've injured yourself, that's going to cut into your ability to make a living, right? Like if you were to suddenly break your leg, like, I don't know, like I did a couple of years ago, um, that's going to lay you out of work for a while. And even though I work in the mortgage industry, um, you know, when I broke my leg a couple of years ago and couldn't drive to work anymore, as a result, I had to go on disability. Um, and then when I was in the hospital for a week because my broken leg eventually formed a blood clot that made its way into my lung and it sidelined me for a week, uh, while I was in the hospital, you know, that cost something too, right? <laughs> uh, if anything, it means lost opportunity to make more money. Um, and in an inflationary environment, the last thing you need to be doing is losing your ability to make money. Or take on all sorts of crazy medical debts um, that you all of a sudden find yourself stuck with. Um, So cherish your health, not only because it's the thing that keeps you alive, but it is the thing that helps you make money at the end of the day. If you're of good health and if you're in good physical shape, um, you can at minimum get a job waiting tables or doing some sort of back-breaking work, right? Uh, And that may not be glamorous or glorious, but it's a steady paycheck at the end of the day. And if you don't have the means of supporting yourself, well, not only are you going to suffer financial loss because you don't have the means of supporting yourself, but the inflationary environment uh, that we're in is going to make it all the more challenging to not be able to afford the things you can't afford anyway. (laughs) Uh, So whatever you can do, be mindful of your health. Eat well, count your calories, you know, reduce your carbs a little bit, reduce your fat intake a little bit, eat more protein, get your vitamins, get on a walk, keep moving, um, and do whatever you can. You don't have to be a gym rat. You don't have to be, you know, going for a Schwarzenegger like body and, you know, getting all jacked and everything. But if you can just be mindful of your health and what you eat and, you know, stay a little limber and get on a good walk, uh, that will do well to fight off a lot of the common health problems that we simply suffer from simply because we don't watch what we eat and we don't go on walks. So there's that. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 112 of the Jimmy's Table.com podcast. Uh, Everything's getting more expensive and how to deal with an inflationary environment. I hope these personal financial tips have been of help to you. If they have, email me, jimmy at or be sure to share it with a friend. Share this podcast episode with a friend. If you know somebody that's, you know, that the cost of living is just eating them alive and you wanna try to help them, well, you know, send this podcast, send the link uh, to somebody if you haven't subscribed already yet, go to jimmiestable.com slash subscribe where you can find out all the different ways to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow along on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and all the different ways that you can subscribe to a podcast. Or you can just sign up by giving me your email address at jimmiestable.com slash subscribe and you'll get a weekly email reminder of, hey, the latest jimmystable.com podcast episode is out. So, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey with jimmys table.com, where I'm having inter- conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And oh, yeah, by the way, be sure if you can to leave a five star review at Apple. I don't want your one star review, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help me. Help other people find this podcast if it's been helpful for you. And one of the ways you can do that is leave a five star review so people sit there and think, Should I listen to this unknown guy that I don't know talk about things? Maybe he knows a thing or two. I don't know. What do other people say? And you're going to say, yes, of course. Jimmy knows everything about everything. And uh, you should listen to everything he has to say because he's always right. (laughs) Or maybe something in between those two extremes. I don't know. And hey, maybe he's a little funny about it along the way. Because like I said, I am a little bit funny and a little bit of an acquired taste. Uh, So if you know somebody out there who thinks that Jimmy Humphrey might be the acquired taste that they want. That they need in their lives. Well, you know, you can help make that happen by leaving a review, by subscribing, by sharing. Uh, But hey, everybody, you know, this is again Jimmy Humphrey. Take care, everybody. God bless and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.